You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you? Healthy and alive. Yeah. Yourself? I'm okay. I started a new workout routine today, and uh, it really took me for a uh, took me for a ride. I I decided that I was going to start with just the baseline. Right, it's an eight week plan. Decided I was going to start with just the base, and I thought, all right, I'll give this a go. And I'm looking down through it, and I'm there's like four things on there, four or five things on there, and I'm like, really? This is all I have to do? So I I had to do. 500 no i'm sorry i had to do three sets for a warm-up so i had to do like a uh, range of motion right so you know like the stretching and, and all that stuff so I, I did that and to be fair i didn't do the yoga part i'm supposed to do 30 minutes of yoga before that i didn't do that so that probably would have taken even more out of me but uh, i did range of motion warm-ups you know the stretching and the twisting and the turning and all that stuff and you know arm moving and everything and then i did 200 meters of flat out cycling 10 air squats 10 arm circles in each direction and then 200 meters again flat out and then 10 air squats and then I had to do three sets of that then I did five sets of five on barbell squats with just you know 245s on each side uh, of, the, of the barbell and then I had to do uh, 500 meters flat out on the uh, on the uh, on the cycle and then I had to do imme- immediately I, there was no breaks in between any of this stuff and then I had to do 40 air squats no breaks right? 40 air squats, 30 sit-ups. And I mean like full down and up touching the floor behind your head and up in in front of your feet sit-ups. And then 20 push-ups. And then I had to do 10 pull-ups. After that, it doesn't sound like much, right? It, it doesn't sound like much. After that, I was done. I was I was more than done. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a... I'm a person that's in shape. I mean, I, I'm always working out. I'm always training. I'm always I'm always working on uh, on myself physically and mentally. And after I did this, I'm like, okay, I really need a break here. And they say to eat and hydrate within 30 minutes of completion. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll get to that whenever. You know what? 45 minutes went by, and I'm like, where's the food? Where, <laughs> where's the? Food? I, I need I need the refrigerator. I was I, I was in there and I was cooking. Everything I could get my hands on because I was just uh, I, I was I was finished. I, I could not believe doing that little bit. And that took me like 40 minutes to do that. And like I said, you're supposed to do 30 minutes of yoga before that. Man, if I'd have done 30 minutes of yoga before that, I mean, I would have been I'd have been toast. We wouldn't be sitting here right now. So you're asking me, how am I doing today? That's that's what I did today. It sounds like you're doing good then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, and I, of course, I went out and I, I took care of some things today. And then I had the usual other BS things we have to do every day as humans. So there, there was all that stuff. But anyway, other than that, I'm uh, I'm good. Looking forward to tomorrow. I didn't skip ahead in the book. Uh, and I will uh, I'll just look at it tomorrow and see what it's going to be. Uh, but I didn't skip ahead because I want it to be a surprise. I need to go back through once I do this first. If I can clear this first week and then if I'm all right after the end of this first week, I'm going to say to myself, OK, now I'm going to go back and I'm going to do the yoga portion of it with the week again. I'll repeat the, the first week again, but with the yoga. So that's uh, that's that's going to be interesting. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. 
cardio versus strength training yeah yeah that's uh that's it, that's that's tough man that's that's tough that's gonna be that's gonna be tough i like it though i, I like it though I, I mean i felt like uh, at the end of that workout i felt like i actually got a workout you know what i mean yeah. not like it, the, it's good to it, it's good to change it up and mix it up because if yes. you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to plateau and see no gains, no changes. Right. You, you have to mix it up and, and right. change muscle groups, exercises, those kind of things. So, yeah. Right. And I, I typically, I, I like to change it up about every four weeks, usually. I mean, that's that's usually what you want to do. And I never do the same exercise every day. Never. I, I've, I've never done that. I always work different muscle groups every, every day. And, and I take a couple of days off. Saturdays and Sundays, I take that off. I'll do some cycling, but that's just to keep it normal, you know, cardio or I'll go for a little jog sometimes. Uh, but that's that's really about it. You know, just cardio just to just to do it. But anyway, all right, that's enough about that. So we talked yesterday about ideological subversion. We talked about the Virginia elections, more specifically, at least in the beginning uh, of yesterday's podcast, a uh, very special podcast. If you haven't listened to it yet, please go back and give it a listen. That was that was a fantastic presentation that we did there. I was I agree. definitely that was a really good one. Was yeah. definitely satisfied with that. Usually I don't say that after we finish because I don't listen to these things. And I finished yesterday and I'm like, I, I was, I was agreeing with you as we, as we were, uh, as we were finishing there, we're like, that was, uh, that, that was pretty good. That was good. I was satisfied with that. Uh, but anyway, they took heavy losses. The, the Dems took heavy losses in the U S all across the country at school boards. They took heavy losses. And, you know, we figured out, we figured out today and, and it's, it's good that we know this now we figured out today exactly why. Uh, they took heavy losses. The, the Democrat Party in America took heavy losses. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, of course, you know, the candidate that she backed in Buffalo lost to a write-in on Election Day, if that gives you any idea. But uh, she says that uh, Republican Glenn Youngkin won the Virginia gubernatorial election because the Democratic candidate, Terry, uh, what the hell is this guy's name? McAuliffe. McAuliffe. Yeah, yeah ter Terry McAuliffe ran a 100% super moderated campaign that didn't energize a progressive base. So you see, they weren't radical enough. That's why they lost. That's the so reason that, they lost. That's that's your takeaway is that you weren't radical enough. So the, the guy that was a conservative, uh, the one that was, you know, anti-abortion, you know, those kind of things, parents in schools again, they're the ones that won. But because and they you were the radical, radical enough. Though no, the, the the ones that won were were the radical ones. Uh huh. For because they're the ones that haven't moved in all of this, but they're the radicals because they haven't moved. Whereas the other ones that keep going further and further left are not the radicals. Those are the sane ones. Those are they're the, trying to the they're trying to save the country is what they're trying to do. They're, they're right. Trying to, they're trying to save the country. Uh, and she said that on several occasions in her interviews. She says she's trying to save the country. That's that's all she's trying to do. She's, she's just trying to help. That's all she's trying to do. She says, and I'm quoting here. Plus, on the election front, I actually think we have good news as well. <laughs> really, because I didn't see any. What is that? The is that the uh, the election in New Jersey that you stole that was a hundred percent counted, and then all of a sudden it flipped back to Murphy? Explain how that happens. To be fair, it was a hundred percent reporting, and then it went to eighty six percent reporting, and right then yeah, they had that. Yeah, they had that one, one county that, yeah. that they didn't quite get all. Yeah, yeah even even though the the county reported a hundred percent reporting. Uh, they went back and and changed it. it. It should be kind of like a uh, you know set in stone. Once you say 100 percent of reporting, you can't go. Oh wait, we found more. No, you said 100 percent reporting. You you can't go back on that now. Now you require an audit. 
if you found more, you have to audit. That should be yep. like the standard rule. Mm-hmm. But we should be auditing anyway at the end of these things. So yes, a double audit maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. She says, I know that Virginia was a huge bummer. Um, I, I'm sorry, you're, you're playing identity politics. Did you have any kind of understanding that uh, a woman of color, uh, a, a black woman, an African-American, whatever label that you, you want to put on it in, in this this era of identity politics nonsense, that's what they identify. That's what the party identifies with. So do you have any credits that should be given there that a black woman won the lieutenant governorship? Oh, no. See, uh, she's not in your party. So they, they can't. They, they Yeah, they, they can't recognize that. She's not in your. You know, the the picture you showed me uh, of Uh that was a picture that they sent in a tweet. Okay, it was of the lieutenant governor holding an AR-15. Very nice looking AR-15, might I add. Um, That was actually something they tweeted to one of the talking heads. I forget which talking head it was. But basically, they were saying that the they were white supremacists and all these kind of, you know, the, the typical talking points. So her response was simply that picture her pulling an ar-15 i i like the cut of her jib she's um at least for the lieutenant governor's sake the governor-elect was saying maybe tone down your rhetoric about abortion being murder just a little bit uh you know on the campaign trail and and you know and she doubled down uh mm-hmm. i i like the cut of her jib so far um so we'll see where it goes it's a it's a success um it's a battle won. But we still have the war. So what are you going to do now? You have the governorship. Supposedly what she was saying in her speech, uh, the victory speech that she gave, uh, the lieutenant governor has, uh, or excuse me, the governor has um, a lot of things they want to do day one, uh, uh, abolishing a bunch of taxes, uh, doing some education reforms, those kind of things. Let's see if it really happens. Yeah. Um, And this isn't going to be another GOP shill that is just a grifter. That one, and and it's just going to make bank and then do nothing. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll see. Yeah. We played some clips yesterday of Joy Reid in all her gloriousness on MSNBC. This is what the new lieutenant governor had to say about her. You have to be willing to vocalize that these Republicans are dangerous, that this isn't a party that's just another political party that disagrees with us on tax policy, that at this point, they're dangerous. They're dangerous to our national security because stoking that kind of soft white nationalism eventually leads to the hardcore stuff. The hardcore stuff. Your reaction to that, Ms. Sears? I wish Joy Reid would invite me on her show. Let's see if she's woman enough to do that. I'd go in a heartbeat and we have a real discussion without Joy speaking about me behind my back, if you will. She talks about white supremacy. Does she know that I ran against a white supremacist? I mean, Joy, come on, get your facts straight and then come talk to me. She's right. I uh, I would recommend if you want a rousing speech, one that is like literally brought tears to my eye. Okay. And I'm jaded. If you want that, listen to her acceptance or her, her victory speech that she gave. She, she talks about how, you know, how she came to America and everything. She's not first generation immigrant. She is an immigrant. Her father came here with like a dollar 50 in his pocket and got himself a job, got a place of living and then brought the rest of the family back uh, or over to America. She was six years old when she came to America. When she became old enough to join the military, she joined the military and joined the Marines. She's a Marine. Her husband's a Marine. Uh, she has two daughters. 
it's quite a rousing story when you when you listen to it. Uh, very American, very patriotic. Many of the things she said, a Democrats could say, any any side could say, because it was just generalized, basic. But it's unrefutable the the stance that she takes. She's a patriot and she's a Christian. Uh, so at least for the lieutenant governor's sake, I really like her. The governor, he could be really good. He could just be an opportunist. We'll see. Well, if he's not willing to do what needs to be done and she stays very vocal, they could 25th him and in she comes and well, she'll actually get I, stuff I think, done. I think with the, 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 the fire that she has under her, I think she will be uh, pushing him. So I yeah. think they'll get stuff done if yeah. if only because of her. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I mean, maybe he'll do one term and say, uh, you know, I'm not going to seek re-election because, you know, I, I've I've gotten so much accomplished. But uh, my lieutenant governor is going to be running and I will be backing her and endorsing her yeah. today. And that's what will happen in the next election cycle. You watch. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. So they're teeing it up for I, her uh, to make a, another run. I, it, I'm just guessing. And it's a big deal. Guessing. It's a big deal, it too, is. because she's black. This is the first female and black lieutenant governor that Virginia's had. Uh, so, I mean, it's a big deal. And that's 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 dangerous. It leads to dangerous, dangerous situations. Uh, you heard Joy Reid. You heard her. Yeah, right. It, it leads to right. dangerous, dangerous. Uh, uh, what'd she say? D- dangerous situations. That, yeah, like like the mm. deadly insurrection on January 6th. Yeah, where where police officers were were maimed with flagpoles. Anyway, right. uh, <laughs> back to <laughs> back to AOC. She says, honestly, if anything, I think that the results show the limits of trying to run a fully 100% super moderated campaign that does not excite, speak to, or energize a progressive base. And frankly, we weren't even really invited to contribute on that race. Uh, that's probably because people don't like your policies. <laughs> I, I would just... Weren't invited. Yeah, they weren't invited. Obama spoke for his campaign. Uh, yes. Biden and, spoke for his campaign. Yes. And what, Kamala. Yes. But quite frankly, if you look at Obama, OK, let's let's start with Obama. Obama said as he was speaking for uh, what's his name? Uh, McAuliffe. Yeah. As he was speaking for him on the campaign trail, which, quite frankly, no U.S. president should do that. No former U.S. president should do that. How many U.S. presidents before Barack Obama have actually done that? How many? In my lifetime, none. Usually they're uh, off somewhere trying to get a book deal somewhere, running a foundation or a charity. And that's about it. Hasn't Bush done it? Uh, I want to say Bush did it, but uh, it was yeah, in probably. more recent days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against Trump, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there yeah. is that. Yeah. The Bush people went for Biden. Yeah, sure. Anyway, so Obama stands up there and he talks about how critical race theory and the uh, rapes that happened in the, the schools, the people that claim that those things were going on didn't exist. It didn't exist. They were just making it up. OK, that was Obama's Ooh. stance on it. Oh, oh, Don't yeah. Come after people's kids. Oh, do yeah. Not do that's, that. that's I agree. I agree. But that's where he went. That's where he went. So that was you his know, stance. The polls show that, too. Don't go yeah. after the kids, because when you look at uh, the previous election there or even the election for Biden, uh, he won the uh, white stay at home mom, you know, suburban mom. He won those. This time in this gubernatorial election, the mom stood up and said, nah, we want say in education. And yeah, there was a large there was a large shift. It was something like a 12 point mm-hmm. shift. Yeah. But so uh, he, he comes out and he makes that statement. And you know what? You're going to sit there and you're going to say that when the school board themselves covered that up, they covered that up and you're going to make that claim. All the, the parents are just making it up. How dare you? 
How, how dare you? We're, we're talking about children. So he does that. Children raped, multiple children raped by the same person, and they covered it up. Not to mention all the other instances of rape that happened that they covered up. But that didn't happen. Though mm. we have the police reports, the rape kit shows that this girl was raped and who it was, but it didn't happen. Uh, what happened to, number one, believe all women? What, what happened to that stance that, that happened during the Me Too stuff? What happened to the Me Too stuff? Oh, that's right. It, it, it's because it was a conservative talking point. So now you're against it. it. It's just scum. It's just grifting. Get off the stage. So he takes that stance. And then, of course, CRT, that doesn't exist. You heard the media yesterday. They reaffirmed that. Uh, that, that doesn't exist. It's, it's something that's just it's completely made up. It's just fantasy. That was the stance that Obama took. Biden doesn't even know where in the world he is. He didn't even bother to take a phone call from McAuliffe after he lost. So you see how much he cares. Uh, Kamala, the cackling idiot from uh, what I, I don't know, uh, fifth grade study hall, whatever. Because uh, that's what she behaves like. She has no idea what's going on. She says that, oh, well, uh, whatever happens in Virginia, that's that's going to be a very telltale sign about what's going to happen in 2022, 2024 and beyond. That's not looking good for your cause, lady. That didn't age well. And she only said that last Actually, week. Actually, I think she's right. Both Virginia and New Jersey are an example of what's going to happen in 2024. 2022 and 2024. I don't think New Jersey uh, actually went down the way they said it went down. I, I think that New Jersey needs to be flipped. my point. Exactly. Yeah, it, it does not look like it was a legit at all. It looked like another November 3rd, 2020. I, I, I think uh, if, if these governors don't get things handled in their own states, that's going to happen a lot more. There is going to be a big red wave, but it's just going to so happen that the blue wave just happened to be a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it's and, amazing how they, yeah. they it's amazing how that, that wave just it hits in the middle of the night. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. incredible. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it happens. It, it's almost like I mean, they have so many ballots that they have to count that they just can't do it all when when the cameras are there. They have to wait uh, because they've got so yeah. many that they have to do. So, I mean, they, they have to they have to count them well, after the cameras leave because it, the media it, can't stay. And then yeah. they have to put those dividers up. On like the, the, the windows well, and things, the cardboard it, on the, the windows, the replacement, the replacement camera crew didn't get there yet. It was, you know, the, the, the cooler right. with the camera equipment in it and the right. red wagon, you know, right. They yeah. hadn't gotten there yet. So the camera crews didn't change shifts. So, you uh -huh. know, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that they probably, and they got to eat. Yeah. They, they've got, everybody's got to eat. So they yeah. probably went out yeah. to get something to eat. And then when they came back, you know, I mean, there was just, there was so much that happened uh, in, in all that yeah. time. That's how you misplace some of those ballot boxes underneath the tables with, yeah. the, you know, that are covered yeah. up. You know, that's uh -huh. how you misplace those because you went to lunch and may have forgotten about those. Yeah, or, or at, at 2.30 or in the morning, yeah. I, I that's when I go to lunch. I don't know about you, but that, that's when I go to lunch. That's dinner time for me. But yeah. yeah, I have to say this. And I'm speaking from a um, I'm speaking from a standpoint of expertise. Surveillance footage doesn't lie. Just saying. Now, I know we have CGI and all that stuff, but from an IP camera feed, it doesn't lie. Believe me. To give you an idea as to how wrong AOC actually is, New Jersey Democrat Senate president defeated by a truck driver who spent $153 on his campaign. Let me say that again. The New Jersey Democrat Senate president was defeated by a truck driver, who's probably out of work, by the way, because of the vaccine mandates, who spent $153 on his campaign. Where is the supposed party of the working class talking about here's a here's a guy from the, uh, the from the from the local grassroots? Where's that talk? Where's the representatives out there from the Democrat Party who's supposed to represent working people? Right. 
They're supposed to represent uh, the working man. Why aren't they saying, hey, here's a guy right here who just spent 153 bucks on a campaign. This is a real working man. Here's a guy who's a truck driver, which they despise truck drivers, by the way. If you don't believe that, look at every blue state over there that's shut down. They're nowhere to be found. New Jersey's longtime Senate president has lost re-election, failing to a Republican newcomer who spent less than $200 on his race, leaving his party reeling <laughs> 200 bucks, uh, less than 200 bucks on, on a campaign. That's, a, that's, that's brilliant. You know what that means to me? That means that you can still run and win on ideas in America. Now, it might not be at the top of the totem pole at... Um, uh, in D.C. or whatever. Who in the hell wants to work in that town anyway? It's nothing but a bunch of sideshow idiots that, that are in that town. But at the state level, the state Senate, by the way, there's a difference. For those that don't know, we have state senates and state House members. They're not just the people that hang out in D.C. I, I actually know people that are very well educated that don't know the difference, to be fair, if you can believe it. And I'm sure that probably all of our listeners are aware of the, the fact that what I just said anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But this guy, he runs and takes the Senate presidential seat in the state of New Jersey. That's going to throw a wrench in the works. I, I bet you that's why they stole Murphy's uh, office. I, I bet you that's why they stole the governor's office in the middle of the night. Because here's a guy, here's a working class guy who's giving up his day job. He's not going to be able to go back to work being a truck driver and be the, the state Senate president at the same time. That's a full-time job that man's taken. And he's probably not, like I said, he's probably not able to work anyway because of the vaccine mandates. That would be my guess. Edward Durr, I know you, you love that name. A furniture company truck driver and political newcomer has defeated Sweeney in New Jersey's third legislative district, according to the results tallied on Thursday. This guy, you know what? I, I would love to sit down and just talk about, just talk to this guy, you know, have a cup of coffee with him or something and ask him how in the hell he did that. I, I just want to make a clarification real quick. Uh, the reason I like that guy's name is because I am a, uh, uh, I, I reside on the internet a lot. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a memer and it, it just, it's just funny. So uh -huh. I'm not trying gotcha. to insult the guy, just to be clear. It's it's just funny in a meme sense. Gotcha. This is a small clip from uh, the new Senate president of the state of New Jersey. This upset in New Jersey political history here in South Jersey. I have no idea what's going on. I am <laughs> really trying to grasp all this. Look at this guy. It, it is. I knew it would be a major upset. And it, the funny thing is, is whenever I went around the door to door, everybody, the first words out of their mouth was good luck. <laughs> like they knew the political power that was being wielded down here. I would get uh, people who sent me $50, sent me $25. They said, listen, I, I don't like the guy. I want to see you do well. And so I, 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 I did what I could. You're a Harley riding Eagles fan who is a truck driver. I mean, we don't have some real people in, in these state houses. I, 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 I've said this before. I'm no, I'm as blue collar as you're ever going to find. That's what That's we need. Right. You thinking more? We need more real people doing real jobs who are really suffering, and they Absolutely. know the price yeah, of a gallon I, of milk. I, I'm, not, I'm not against lawyers or doctors or business people, but. That's that's not what we need. We need people who understand the adverse effects of what's going on in the state. Are you prepared for the onslaught of attention? Because we're doing I'm, the first I'm not interview. I'm prepared for this right now. <laughs> this has uh, been a little, like I said, I went to bed being told certain numbers and now I'm being told other numbers. They're trying to change things. I really don't know where I stand. So I, you went to bed. You were able to sleep even after you thought you won this race by a couple of thousand votes. Well, I wouldn't say so much sleep i was able to close my eyes and think about what is the next step 
It, it, it is a little overwhelming right now. Okay. All right, and he also knows the price of dog food. He has three spoiled adopted dogs that are the nicest three dogs uh, in the world. They didn't walk all night. They just wanted to hang out with us at the news truck instead of going to walk. And uh, he takes them on a brisk walk every day, and that's why he's in shape and 58 years old and maybe a very big, bright political future. Wow. And I'm sure he's going to be a focus of so many media people here today if they can find his house hidden down here deep in South Jersey across, coincidentally, from this big field of weeds and grass. And he had uh, the ultimate grassroots campaign. How about that? That right there. That is a true blue collar individual, what we call a blue collar worker in the U.S. It, it does, as he said, it doesn't get any more blue collar than that. If you could see his house, this guy lives in a I mean, it's just a it, it, it's a it's just a small look like a, a two bedroom house that was just off the roadway somewhere across a, a field of overgrown weeds. And he had his uh, his name on the front door. That's the kind of people we need in these offices. I know what people are thinking, that we look at the system and it almost seems insurmountable, doesn't it? It does. When you look at it in, in that type of perspective, it almost seems insurmountable. You go to any of these government buildings and you stand in front of them. You look at the way that they build these buildings. They are massive buildings. Why are they massive buildings? Because it's meant to make you feel small. They build them that way on purpose. So you look at it and you say, there's no way I can ever fight back against this. But this right here, if we were in any other time, this gentleman probably wouldn't have done what he's done because he would have been working a regular nine to five job. When we started maybe. all of this. Yeah, may maybe. But when we started all of yeah. this, when, when, when I say we started, I'm, I'm talking about COVID. When that started and we started to see the true nature of the political class that we're actually dealing with here. This is the massive shift. This is the time for us to step up and reclaim our civic duty as responsible, knowledgeable individuals. He's still in shock. He doesn't know what he's got coming up ahead of this. He's going to be in for the shock of his life, the poor man. I hope he's going to be hiring a good staff to put around him. And to be honest with you, I hope that those scumbags in the state Republican Party don't get him uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of grifters and idiots and advisors around him that screw up his entire campaign and get him tossed out after one term. I hope he has a good run. They'll try. They'll try. Yeah, because he's a real guy. Mm -hmm. He's not bought, as you can clearly see. He's not bought. He's not some uh, some uh, big money grifter, uh, some corporate shill. He's not from some think tank uh, or anything like that. He's he's not from some NGO, but he's just an average guy. He, I mean, it looks like he's got neighbors there, and and he uh, and he just he keeps to himself. He walks his three dogs. Had a job as a as a truck driver for a furniture company. I mean, how much more simple of a life can you have? Seems pretty nice to me. Yeah, I'm, as far as the individual is concerned, it, it does look like he's uh, uh, he well. Bottom line is he's probably going to be better than a socialist. Um, but as far as uh, I don't know what kind of policies he's going to present and, you know, those kind of things. So I'm, I'm, I'm tempering my enthusiasm about him, if you will. But at the same time, I think that's I, I, I think it's great that the dude was elected on one hundred and fifty three dollars. I mean, that's that's fantastic. And by the way, they, they well, was, I, I know it was said there, that he he was out there knocking on doors himself. He didn't have a big campaign yeah. staff or anything like that. He was yeah. around knocking on doors himself. I know people that have done that, that have run for uh, city mayor and things like that. They've been out there knocking on doors in the in the heat of the uh, of the middle of the summer out of shape. Knocking on doors, uh, trying to get people to vote for him. And, and you have to sit there and you have to talk to these people. I know people that used to run for city council in my ward back in the States. And you know what? They would go door to door. 
I mean, that's what you do at the local level. You go door to door. They would sit there and they would talk at each household that they would stop at. They would talk to each person in that ward. They would spend two, three weeks going around doing just that, saying, look, I'm running for council for this ward. What do we need done? What can I do for you if I get elected? I need your support. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to help you. Okay, fine. Hell, the person that ran for my ward the last time uh, when I was there, I'd known the guy for 20 years, 20 years. And you know what he did? He came in, we had coffee, and he talked to me for three hours. And I'm like, Brad, I already know that you're running for council. I know what you want to do. You got my vote. You got my support. And he's like, well, yeah, but I, I just want to talk to you about this one thing. I'm like, I know what you want to do. You've got other people to talk to. You got my vote. I, I've known you for 20 uh, years, man. Maybe maybe that's why, because he's using as a soundboard. Uh, soundboard. Just real quick, I want to I wanna point something out. They kept saying that he lived across from a... a, a field of overgrown weeds yes that's called a hay meadow not new jersey it's not <laughs> in new jersey it's a field of overgrown weeds if you've ever yeah, been yeah. Jersey. that's that's just what it is it's okay a hay meadow uh, here, but yeah 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 all right on to uh on to oh god he's back he's back on to fauci on to fauci you've got a lot on fauci today uh you've got uh you got something on this gain of function thing yeah, um, just 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 a little bit on the gain of function. Um, his staffers back in in May 28th of 2016, there was a letter written that uh, to the EcoHealth Alliance from the NIH AID. Th this was Fauci's staff. It was questioning the research because uh, it was it was a pause. It was a pause that happened in 2014 on gain of function research. And there was a letter written that basically was saying, um, uh, kind of questioning that, you know, the the, the pause for EcoHealth Alliance's uh, uh, research. And Peter Daszak responded to the letter on June 8th and was downplaying the threat from their research and denied that it should be categorized as gain of function. That was what the um, ban was on was gain of function, which is also about the time period that Fauci says they changed the definition of gain of function was uh, uh, about four to five years ago in, in the, um, which five years ago. Anyway, um, Daszak was uh, argued that the research used a bat coronavirus that has never demonstrated the ability to infect humans or cause human disease. Daszak also claimed that he would be notified if research led by a virus with enhanced replication but admitted that this would rely on the Wuhan Institute of Virology researcher, Shi Zingli, the bat the lady, bat lady, uh, who is known to have ties to the Chinese military. Uh, yeah, like she's going to tell you that information. She uh -huh. is a she. Uh, well, OK, look, the lab itself is a PLA lab. And let me explain. And, and you don't give me this whole Wuhan Institute of Virology garbage. There is no difference between the Chinese government, meaning the Chinese Communist Party and the People's Liberation Army. They are one and the same entity. Yep. Therefore, and, and by the way, that that goes for their education system, too. It's a state run education system. Therefore, the Wuhan Institute of Virology and the Wuhan P4 lab are both institutions of the People's Liberation Army. If you run a business in China, especially if it's multi-million or multi-billion dollar business, you're going to have a representative of the CCP there in your mm -hmm. business. And you're going so, to be doing PLA contracts. You're going to be doing those. Yes. If needed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Daszak was also saying that the UN, uh, UNC has no oversight of the Chimera work. Um, Chimera work is code for uh, 
gain of function. That that's literally what chimera viruses are. It's a, it's a melding of different parts of different viruses together in an effort to either make them more vir- uh, virulent or less virulent. I mean, it, it's to cause forcible evolutions. That's literally what gain of function is. It's it's a forced evolution. Well, I uh, I think you're kind of jumping the gun there a little bit, uh, aren't you, Bruce? Because that's not what the NIH website says. Yeah, yeah, uh huh. That they've been changing over the years. During uh-huh. the time that this was going on, that they were doing the research in Wuhan. In fact, um, isn't it interesting that in 2014, the gain-of-function research was paused? Funding for it was paused. Shortly thereafter, the NIH started changing what the definition of uh, gain-of-function is, uh, which Fauci points out in a, correct, a congressional hearing. Um, they, they've, they've started changing that definition years ago. It's about the same time period. Kind of lines up there. So based on his uh, most recent testimonies and based on evidence that we're seeing in letters, emails and other documents uh, like grant numbers and all those kind of things that the EcoHealth did, the NIH did to the uh, EcoHealth. And basically, this is all pointing to uh, the coronavirus was manufactured in a lab and quite possibly intentionally released onto the populace. Boy, uh, we uh, we were really tinfoil hat wearers about 18 months ago and we said that, weren't we? Yeah. You know how hard that information was to find 18 months ago? Okay. On this point, uh, Senator Paul, right? Senator Rand Paul questioning Dr. Fauci on the Hill today. According to the framework and guidelines. So what you're doing P3. is defining a way gain of function. No. You're simply saying it doesn't exist because you changed the definition on the NIH website. This is terrible. And you're you're completely trying to escape right. the idea that we should do something about trying to prevent a pandemic from leaking from a lab. There's the preponderance of evidence now points towards this coming from the lab. And what you've done is change the definition right. on your website to try to cover your ass, basically. He's That's saying what right. you've done. You've changed the website. Website to try to have a new definition that doesn't include the risky research that's going on. Until you admit that it's risky, we're not going to get anywhere. You have to admit that this research was risky. The NIH has now rebuked them. Your own agency has rebuked them. But that's, the thing is, is you're still unwilling to admit that they gained in function when they say they became sicker. They gained in lethality. It's a new virus. That's not gain of function. According to the definition that is currently <laughs> operable, you know, Senator, the new let's one. make it clear for the people who are listening. The yes, current please. definition was done over a two to three year period that you by outside bodies, uh-huh. including the NSABB, R- two right, conferences yeah. by the National Academy of Science, Engineering and Medicine <laughs> on December 2014, March 2000. So you see, Bruce, according to the uh, the NASCBB and and two other outside uh, r- reviewers, uh, that's that's what's from the website. Uh, that's that's according to the the latest definition. Uh huh. And did you catch what year he said there that they just so happens to, just so happens to yeah, just so happens to line up with uh, what you were reporting there. Yeah, it just so happens to line up with the fact that that very same year they paused gain of function research funding. From the U.S. Uh huh. Yeah. So <laughs> there was there was another in another email between all this. Dazic expressed his happiness in a letter uh, after the NIH AID staffers agreed that the gain of function funding pause did not apply to this research. Um, the the gain of function stuff that EcoHealth was funding. Uh, Dazic says this is terrific, 
in a July 11th, 2016 letter. We are very happy to hear that our gain-of-function research funding pause has been lifted. Um, mm -hmm. What year was it again that Fauci was talking about that the there's going to be another surprise pandemic or surprise? That was a dinner that took place in 2016. I believe it was in November of that year, uh, first part of December, just before the new administration was coming in, as in Trump had already been elected. Uh -huh. And the new administration was on its way in. Uh, I just so happen to have a clip of Fauci giving the keynote speech at that dinner where he said this. The issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. Also, there will be a surprise hmm. outbreak. Maybe this was, uh, it couldn't possibly have been a scorched earth policy knowing Trump was probably going to win. No, I mean, no, the polls no, were kind no, of, no, you know, no, 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 okay. no, no, that's just, that's, that's tinfoil hat stuff right there. No, that's, that's, there's yeah. no, there's no evidence and there's no science and there's no data to support any of what you just said. That's, that's misinformation. That's blatant disinformation. How dare you? Can't say that here. Actually, no, you, you, you're right. You're right. It could be that they were expecting Hillary to win and they would have this pandemic and uh -huh. then they could do these kind of lockdowns and these kind of restrictions and we would be much further along uh, than we are now uh, with their takeovers because it yes. would have happened under Hillary. Yes and no. I, I honestly think that they were looking to get one term out of her in a kinetic sense, as in they could have stirred up some more conflicts in the Middle East with her and they could have restarted that uh, that military industrial complex engine that hadn't been fed for four years under Trump. So they could have gotten a few years out of that, uh, stirred up a new conflict with a new group somewhere else that they're funding somewhere, some proxy group somewhere. And then the second term, if she would, because you know darn well she would have run for a second term uh, if she would have gotten the first. So she would have been the incumbent. Uh, and if she was in danger of losing that one, they would have doubled down. Uh, or if she did win it, then I'm pretty sure they would have done it anyway. They would have pulled the lever anyway, uh, and they would have made an absolute uh, disaster out of it. I'd say it would be it would be more of a scorched, scorched earth policy than what they're doing right now. I honestly believe that what they're doing right now is scorched earth. Uh, they're in the process of doing scorched earth. I was listening to uh, to somebody else today, and I uh, this is a very educated, well informed individual, and they said this is essentially th this is the banker's last stand. That this is it. Once we're on the other side of this, the banks have nowhere else to go. The banks are finished. They are finished. People know who they are and people know what the problem is. Uh, and his his assessment of the people that he discusses with in various countries throughout the world, all across Europe, there is a consensus pretty much in not just the uh, the English block. When I say the English block, I'm talking all the peripherals of Western civilization, uh, including the UK. So U.S., Canada, New Zealand, Australia, uh, U.K., and, uh, yeah, uh, and then, of course, uh, the European bloc countries. There is a consensus from these nations that there is a revolt, and it is growing, and it is growing fast, and the power structure knows it. So they're doubling down. Hell, the, uh, the, the non-doctor, the non non-health professional health minister, who's a banker boy of Germany today, came out after last week declaring that the state of emergency was over and the pandemic was over, comes out today and says, uh, there's a fourth wave gripping the country and it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Jack, where were you six months ago when that, that talking point was circulating? You're a little bit late to the party.
So go on down. Don't don't you have a conference to attend somewhere? Don't don't these you know Besmanov yesterday he talked about these people being schmucks. Schmuck is it like that? That's a polite term. I mean that that interview turned out to be from 1984. Odd year, huh? He talked about these people being schmucks. Is my label for them is loser? I mean, is that is that too much of a difference? In all honesty, is it? I mean, that's what they are. They're they're schmucks. They're losers. That's what these people are. Look at these people. Look at them. Look at Gates, for God's sake. Does that look like a happy individual to you? The guy's a bum. He's a grifter. That's what he's paid to do, to stand up there and do that stuff. Because he works for the banks. That's his bread and butter now. That's what it is. It's not him himself. He doesn't make these calls by himself. None of these people do. It's the banking institutions. They are at the end. And I was actually I was it gave me it gave me a little bit of affirmation to hear an, an esteemed individual such as this mention that. And he said and this is this is the worst part about it. Yes, there is growing resistance against what is happening, and it is much, much larger than what they anticipated. However, this also makes the power structure even that much more dangerous because they are now going to pursue a scorched earth policy like you're talking about. It's going to be bad. They are going to burn this house down and they are going to kill a lot of people in the process and it's going to be very messy. Uh, so it, it all it all depends at this point in time how we handle this. And somebody mentioned China in the midst of that conversation. I was listening very carefully. Someone mentioned China possibly being a wild card and all the rest of that stuff. And you know what? The person that responded, who was a former Green Beret to the China thing, retired, obviously. Uh, he said, you know what? You can solve the China problem very quickly and very easily. All that separates the world and the China problem is one cruise missile. What does that mean? One cruise missile can do what to the Three Gorges Dam and that country's finished. They are finished. The Chinese Communist Party is finished. Now, there's going to be a lot of fallout and a lot of people are going to get caught up in it. But that's, that's, the, uh, that's the ace in the hole if you want to deal with China. That will knock out everything. Uh, they will be finished. They will no longer be the manufacturer. It doesn't matter what they do. They will have no way to continue their uh, their military industrial supply lines. That will be all over. They will have no way to do anything invo involving the technology industry. It will take them years, decades to rebuild. And by that time, the Chinese Communist Party will have been hung. Yeah. And, and the other problem is, is uh, the, the Western world will have to change manufacturing and all of yes. that. So we'll have to that bring would everything be back home. Yeah. Yeah, that would that would be a long process. And with this current administration, number one, uh, the the uh, they wouldn't throw that tomahawk. And number two, yeah. um, they wouldn't bring the manufacturing manufacturing back. I mean, look at them. They're no. they're, they're closing down the oil and gas industry They're Yeah, it, it's not it, it wouldn't happen. So there's a new act, and I, I didn't mean to get off on that tangent there, but uh, I mean that's that's just the way that it is. I mean, this, all this is tied together. Uh, all, all this is uh, all this is linked. GOP senator introduces a introduces the Fauci Act to ban U.S. funding for gain of function research in China and hold NIH officials accountable for misleading Congress. What do you think about that? Well, let's. Uh, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Uh, number one, but uh, the sentiment seems nice. It could just be them grifting, uh, knowing that it's not going to pass and nothing's going to happen. So I don't know. I'm, I, I, here's, the, here's the thing. I'm for going after Fauci, EcoHealth Alliance, all of his staffers, everybody that was involved. Um, hell, even the um, DOD was involved. Go after everybody. Find them all. Google. Hunt them down. Facebook. Google. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody that was involved in this, hunt them down. And they need to be properly prosecuted on this. The problem is, what charges do you bring forth and um, who has the authority to 
do this on let's a start, global stage. I'll tell you what, let's start with conspiracy. Let's start with crimes against humanity and racketeering. I think we can start there. That's a good place to start. We can deal with the crimes against humanity and the violation of the Nuremberg Code with the rest of these people later on. But just to start with, as, a, as an opening salvo, let's start there. And with the, the data we've seen so far and information that we have access to publicly, yeah, I, I think you could make a good case to at least yep. have a solid opening statement, to at least get things off off the ground and discovery started. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's. I tell you what, let's let's shift here. Let's let's end on some. Let's end on a on a fun one here, but still kind of keep it related. Just on a side note, before we move on here, this just in: Moderna stock has plunged eighteen percent today uh, after they've missed their third quarter earnings. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's too bad. That's yeah. Anyway, Don Lemon, Bruce, you know who Don Lemon is? You know the guy from CNN? You know the the CNN host? Yes, yeah. hangs out with Chris Cuomo quite individual. a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. right, right. real real stand up guy. Uh, this this is the mm -hmm. guy that says that. Um, well, if you don't get the vaccine, you should be shamed. If you don't wear a mask, then you should be shamed. You should be you should be publicly ostracized. You should disown the people that don't follow these rules. That's what you should do. That's that's the kind of stuff that Don Lemon talks about. He also criticized the state of Florida for not doing the uh, the mask mandates, blatantly uh, disregarding the CDC guidelines. He's, he's done that on multiple occasions. You know, it, it's funny. Don Lemon was in Florida with his partner on a vacation and they were walking. These, these people were walking past them, turned their phones on, you know, the cameras on. They're like, hey, you're you're Don Lemon, aren't you? Oh, you're not wearing a mask. Oh, welcome to Florida. We, we want to thank you. Thank you for coming down here. Uh, you're in the great state of Florida. Enjoy yourself. More hypocrisy coming out of this. Don Lemon's on-air rants about DeSantis apparently putting people's lives in danger for refusing to impose mask mandates. Don Lemon was perfectly happy to vacation in Florida, completely maskless. Bit hypocritical, isn't it? Uh-huh. Lemon did seem like he was in a rush to leave uh, once he was uh, caught. Yeah, they, he didn't really say anything. He just packed up and he and his partner just packed up and, and walked away uh, as soon as that happened. I, I'm actually <laughs> I, I'm curious. I, I, well, I, I, I'm, I'm curious about it myself because I'm wondering if um, I'm wondering if you had dinner reservations that night with Governor Gavin Newsom <laughs> or maybe a salon appointment with Nancy Pelosi that he had to be at. Maybe. Could be. You know, earlier this summer, Lemon claimed that people like DeSantis were putting their own political gain ahead of children's lives and really the uh, the lives of his constituents. CNN host uh, Lemon accused DeSantis of spewing BS. I'm not going to repeat it after asserting that mask mandates were a way for politicians to cover their own asses. And yet and yet here he is maskless laying poolside. Gets spotted, doesn't say a word, and then walks off. You know, I often wonder, I, I often wonder, if you're one of these uh, these hacks on the TV over there, how can you possibly do the shows that you do? And then Because you, you have to go into public, right? I mean, obviously, these people are in public. When they go in public, yeah. how is it that you can actually look people in the face? Maybe uh, maybe the whole thing with with Besmanoff yesterday just kind of eluded me. Is is it the types that are just the the cynical, self indulgent types that that think that they matter? Is is that the attitude? They think that they're better than you, so that the person that can look you dead in the face and lie to you with impunity, because that's what they do. They look at you in the camera. Same thing. Same thing. That's them looking you in the eye one-sidedly. You're watching that. That's what the news media has always been about. Take Walter Cronkite, for example, right? Walter Cronkite was on TV for, for years when you had the family unit that was intact in the United States. 
the father would come home after a long hard day he would sit down with his his pipe and his slippers the dog and the you know the son and the daughter who were doing their homework and he would be reading the paper waiting for Walter Cronkite to come on the TV the wife would come over and after she'd spent a long hard day taking care of the home taking care of the children cooking the meals come over flip the TV on she would sit down start doing her knitting and he would be sitting there flipping through the paper waiting for Walter to come on Walter would come on, read you the news. Okay, that's a typical Ozzie and Harriet lifestyle back in the 50s. That's what it was. Here's a guy who is sitting there, looking into the camera, reading you the news. Would that person tell you a lie? You trust that person. You're welcoming them into your home. It's the same thing. It's the same concept. It's all psychological. Here's Don Lemon, city, or, or Chris Cuomo, or one of these people. I, I don't care who it is. Joy Reid, any of these people, Rachel Maddow, any of these people. They sit there in front of these cameras, looking through to you in your living room. Are they telling you a lie? Do you trust that person? Because that's what it's all about. These are the cynical types that Besmanoff were talking about. Part of them, anyway. It's just the, uh, the media arm that does the bidding of the elites that think that they matter when they actually don't. A truck driver in the state of New Jersey who just took the New Jersey president's seat away from him would agree with me, I think. They are nobodies. He spent $153 on his campaign. I guarantee you the bum that was in the office before him that he's now going to replace had millions behind him. They don't matter. They never did. And they never will. Chris Cuomo, right, just to give you an idea, right, Chris Cuomo, because he spends a lot of time on Don Lemon's show or, or vice versa. I think it's Lemon's on and then Cuomo comes on, right? Or, or, or one or the other. They spend a lot of time going back and forth doing their little bro talks or yeah. whatever it is they do. And that's fine. That's fine. I'm not I'm not criticizing that. If you want to have your little talk there, fine. Whatever. It's it's good for good for viewership of, of all 50 you have or, or all 100 you have, however many you have. Chris Cuomo suffers his lowest rated show of 2021. Cuomo primetime brought in. What's the population of the United States, Bruce? Uh, you know, we we have a few hundred million. Yeah, a few hundred million. I, so about three, yeah, three twenty, yeah. three fifty, somewhere it's along three, there. Yeah, three, yeah, we'll say three thirty. Yeah, uh, three. Okay, three thirty. Yep, fine. Good halfway point. Three thirty. Three hundred and thirty million. His prime no, prime time. Okay, that's when everybody's home, and that's when the peak of television watchers in America are watching. That's prime time. If you're doing something for sports or entertainment or or news media, you want to be in that prime time slot because that's going to be your highest viewership on that network. Cuomo primetime. Traditionally. Yeah. Traditionally, yes. Cuomo primetime brought in 605,000 total viewers. What was the population in the United States again? Yeah, 330 million. Yeah. 330, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And 126,000 of those viewers are in the key age demographic of 25 to 54. That's not good. That is That is not good at all. And these people are supposed to be the majority dictating to you? Do you really believe that? Because I certainly don't. See, I never have. This is a fringe minority that wants to convince the majority that they are the minority. They don't have the numbers. They never do. They never will. AOC living in her own dream world, her own feedback loop of insanity, saying, we lost because we weren't radical enough. No, lady, you lost because you're an idiot. Your ideas are garbage. That's why you lost. The flu is actually more deadly each year than the viewership they have. That's OK. Uh, that's that's pretty sad. <laughs> that's pretty sad. One hundred and twenty six thousand out of six hundred and five thousand. One hundred. That's amazing. One hundred and twenty six thousand viewers in the key age demographic of twenty five to fifty four. 
So the rest of them are above the age of 55? Man, that's 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 unbelievable. That, well, not I mean, so, I guess not not really, but that's wow. Yeah, but <laughs> that's when you look at when you look at like for example the UK and you look at the Extinction Rebellion, what was the age group of all the majority of the ones that were gluing their face uh, yeah, to the that's, Yeah, that's true. Road. They were they were gluing them yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, you just seen what these idiots did today. They were out there gluing in the UK. They were out there gluing themselves to the roads again. And so the police show up, half of them glued themselves to the road. The police show up, they bring the paramedics down to start dumping acetone all over them to get the, you know, the, uh, the glue dissolved there. And while that's going on, you've got the angry motorists that come out. They're getting onto the police officers because they're saying, look, officer, you're not doing your job and removing these people. And they're like, well, what do you want us to do? They're glued there. We kind of have to, and to the officer's credit, he's right. They're glued there. We can't yeah. just... You know, rip their arms yeah. off because you're going to rip their skin off. I mean, it's going to be horrible. So I, I, I know what you're saying. But and you couldn't make this up. The idiots that were out there that didn't glue themselves to the roadway went over and glued themselves to the police vehicles in front of where they were sitting. So while the police were and the paramedics were trying to unglue the people from the roadways, the ones that didn't glue themselves to the roadways went over and glued themselves to the police vehicles. And they're all in that demographic, the over 55s, at least most of them anyway. I, I will hand it to him. That that was actually clever to get the emergency vehicles out there and then glue yourself to the emergency vehicles. Uh, but here's the problem I have with your cleverness. Those emergency vehicles have better things to do than deal with you. There, There's other. What if there was a car accident caused by your nonsense on the road not only can emergency vehicles not get through the traffic to get to them but you have a number of emergency vehicles that are now stuck there because you decided to glue yourself to it they don't care yeah they're uh, how did Besman off but they're contaminated yeah <laughs> there's stuff you can do with it you, you can't do anything with it they glued themselves to that vehicle maybe they the police just needed to make sure they were fully on the vehicle glued them down even more and then just drove them to the precinct and then got them off at the precinct and then charged them with damaging uh, the property of the, you know, government property or something and mm -hmm. whatever else they can yeah. get them with. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's not even that, uh, it's not even like school Elmer's glue. I mean, this is like, this is like the epoxy stuff. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, it's that's like, the, yeah. I mean, that, that stuff. Oh my goodness. Uh, okay. Anyway, back to the, uh, the, uh, the Chris Cuomo thing. Okay. So he had 125,000 viewers. Uh, uh, how much was it? 126,000 viewers between 25 and 54, total 605,000 in comparison. Okay. So this was Nielsen ratings that did this in comparison to Fox News 9 p.m. counterpart, which was Hannity, right? So uh, Hannity's on, I think after Carlson, right? So Tucker's first and then Han I think it's what it is. I don't know. I don't watch the network, but Hannity comes on after that because he's always primed. He's had that primetime slot for years. He had a total of 2.6. Well, I'll just do, I'll just round up here. 2.7 million viewers with 330,000 viewers aged 25 to 54. That I actually believe because a large majority demographic of people that watch Fox News are over the age of 65. That's true. That is true. Uh, I, I know people in that age range that, oh man, I mean, it's Hannity or bust. Yeah, that's that's what you're watching every night. That's that's where you get your news. And I'm like, really? I didn't, I'm sorry. I just don't. I, I just don't watch it. I, I can't. No, I can't. The last time I was in the States, I sat down uh, in a room and there were a bunch of people above that age range that I'm speaking of. And one of the hosts came. I, I it wasn't Hannity. It was somebody else. I want to say it was like Ingram, Laura, Laura Ingram or something. Laura Ingram. Uh, yeah. And she's, she's got a show over there. I pulled up the schedule. Right, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was um, 
Or was it that? Yeah, I don't know. It was it was one of the female hosts. It was either that or it was uh, what's her name? Uh, the one that went to MSNBC, uh, Greta something or other. Not Greta Thunberg, but Greta uh, Van Sestren. That's who it was. So it was one of these. And and I'm sitting there and I'm watching the show, if you even want to call it that. And two and a half, three minutes into it, I turned to everybody in the room and I said, "How can you watch this? How on earth can you watch this?" I said, "This is garbage." How can you watch this? And they just kind of looked at me and shrugged. Their, they all shrugged their shoulders and they're like, "Oh well, yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's that's what we have." I'm like, really? This this is what passes for news. This this is crap. This is complete crap. They're they're going back and forth about things that just don't matter. They're talking uh, Republican this, Democrat this, Democrat this, Democrat that, Republican this, and and uh, what what's what's Rep so and so doing, and what's Senator so and so doing to counter that bill? And I'm like, none of this stuff matters. None of it. It's hollow, empty fluff. It's garbage. It's it's just nonsense. And this is why. This is exactly why the ideas that the radicals in America have failed. This is exactly why they failed, because it's nothing but fluff. This is why the Republican Party has lost people that are independently conservative minded, such as myself. Oh, yeah, I was raised on the whole Republican and and, uh, Democrat, rah, 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 you know, two party thing. I voted for Democrats. I voted for Republicans. I know people that are Democrats that have been friends with my family for years held council seats for years, ran for the U.S. Congress. I know people from my own community that ended up becoming governors of, uh, of my, uh, my native state of Ohio, my home state of Ohio. Different time, different attitude. It's not that way anymore. I can't support Democrat Party candidates. They're, they're too radical. I can't support Republicans that do absolutely nothing. I can't support them any longer. That's just one man's opinion. But I've always voted my conscience. Always. I've never gone to the polls and voted on party lines. I've never done that. And I never will. I always vote on what someone stands for. And it's increasingly difficult over the last 15 to 20 years to even do that because you don't know what someone stands for anymore. For example, take some of these these freshman congressmen, congresswomen, Marjorie Taylor Greene. What does she actually do? And that's a serious question. What does she actually do? She talks a really good game, doesn't she? She does. She goes on a lot of podcasts and talks this uh, this whatever up and talks that up and and she uh, she gives a good speech. She introduces a bunch of bills that get no traction. Which okay, you can argue that that's uh, party lines and party politics and all the rest of it. Okay, you can argue that. Fine, fine. She puts out some tweets. Got to stop the Democrats. Got to stop the socialism. Got to stop the communism. Blah blah blah. Where's she been on any of these audits? Has she been out there publicly calling for an audit repeatedly every single day of the 2020 election? Has she done that? I haven't seen that. Maybe I'm missing it, but I haven't seen it. What is she actually doing to get those hundreds of people out of prison that are in there that are being held for the January 6th debacle without due process? Even somebody that is arrested and charged with first degree murder, when they get downtown and they get booked into the jail with their phone call, they get a lawyer. And they get representation, they get taken before magistrate, and bail is set, and they achieve bail, and they are allowed out until the date can be set for their trial. This has not happened to anybody that's being held because of the January 6th uh, deadly insurrection, or whatever it is they're calling it. Yeah, where the officers were maimed with flagpoles. That is not due process in the United States of America. I don't care what someone is accused of. We have a justice system and it should be followed for every single person. Otherwise, we have no justice system. I didn't see anything outside of Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates going down to that jail with some cameras around, pulling on the door a couple of times and then saying, oh, see, they won't let us in. And then they went back 
to their offices, tweeting about it, asking for donations to their campaigns. Dan Crenshaw. Boy, what a disappointment that one's turned out to be. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Not really done anything. No, he's a grifter. Madison Cawthorn. Man, I had high hopes for that kid. I really did. I I had high hopes for him. Youngest member of Congress ever elected. I was listening to him before when he was on the campaign trail, and I'm like, good on you, kid. Right? I'm all for it. Go in there. Make a difference. Hell, the kid, he's a... He's a paraplegic. You know, he, he, he lost the use of his legs in a car accident. You know, that's a terrible thing. At the RNC last year, the kid stood up. He stood up. You know, that, that's, that's determination to somebody that's, that's lost the use of both of their legs. That's determination. I backed the kid. I thought that was fantastic. I thought that showed a lot of courage. But then he goes out and he votes for red flag laws. Yeah, now now it looks like that whole thing was just a show. It was just yeah. a grift. Yeah, it was all a grift. It was all a grift. This this is supposed to be the opposition to the uh, the radicals? No, no. I'll tell you what this is. This is controlled opposition. That's what that is. And I'm sick and tired of grifters. And quite frankly, I'm sick and tired of Donald Trump. I'm sick and tired of that. I, I really am. I, I'm sick of it. I, I'm sick of him coming out and doubling down this vaccine stuff. I, I'm I'm so tired of that. I'm so over that. You know, I, I could sit here and I could go for 10 minutes about that Donald Trump. I'm not going to do it. Anyway, um, you got anything else? No, that, that covers it for me. All right. Okay. Uh, for those of you who not signed up to our Telegram page, uh, please do get over there and get signed up to us. Uh, we will be putting out our exclusive podcast early for our Telegram subscribers. Uh, that So that will be out tomorrow. Uh, so please do get over there and get signed up to us so you get that content early. If you're not signed up to us on Telegram, it will be out for you on Monday. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we'd appreciate that as well. Five stars be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that's it for today and this week. So thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great weekend and we'll see you on Monday.